Hello and welcome to Overwrite, the podcast that features your fiction. I'm Elise, your host, and today we have another repeat author, but my fancy note today is that this is the first time we've had four stories in response to one topic. I couldn't resist doing them all. This author is Jason Kilgore from Oregon, and this is from a book that he is just releasing on Amazon. It's called Into the Ruined Lands. It's got two girls in it, Talay and her cousin Shally, ages 14 and 15. They snuck away from home to a volcanic wasteland called the Runelands in search of a flowering herb, even though they could face severe punishment for doing so. The plant is a necessary ingredient for a healing spell for Shally's terminally ill sister. All right, guys, enjoy. From Into the Ruined Lands by Jason Kilgore. As they trudged along through the old lava fields, the adventure seemed less glamorous to Talay. The air here had a rancid smell, gases from the volcanoes. They were out of water. They were covered with dust and ash. And Talay's ankle ached from her fall. She watched as, just ahead of her, Shally tumbled over some loose stones. Talay had considered herself brave, but now she only wanted to find the elusive plants and get back home. Though Shally always questioned any risk, Talay knew it was Shally who was the braver one. She was due to be betrothed by the end of the year, as befits a girl of 15, to Dongyan, the young 28-year-old imperial assessor who had moved to town after the old one was killed a year ago. Dongyan was Kishan. He had money from an imperial stipend, and he knew how to speak Tarnese. More importantly, he was from a respected family from the same city that Shally's mother had come from in Kisha. For a half-breed like Shally, with the brown skin, dark eyes, and straight black hair of a Kishan, it was the best match she could hope for. No pure-blood Tarnese would ever marry her. But if Dongyan were to find out about this little adventure, what would he do? Would he make her dowry unaffordable? Would he call off the betrothal? The culture of Kisha prized demure girls, and in both cultures, girls were not to have adventures of any sort. Talay stopped abruptly, jarred out of her thoughts. Did she hear something? Rocks sliding? She looked ahead where Shally continued trudging forward, but then heard rocks moving again, off to her right and beyond a low wall of rock. Then again, over to her left. She gripped the haft of the spear, gave a low whistle to Shally, but her friend didn't hear. Shally! she cried out. Shally turned, but at that moment there was movement from all directions. Dark shapes darting between boulders, rock slides, the swish of fabric, and the metallic sliding of a sword from a scabbard. Shally cried out and ran to Talay, frightened by what she'd seen. Talay's heart pounded. She grabbed Shally's hand and quickly backed away, turned, ran. Both girls screamed as three dark figures leapt up onto the rocks to their right, another two to the left. And, ahead, another stepped in sight, a rusty scimitar raised over its head. The girls put their backs to each other. Shally whimpered, but Talay brandished the spear at the scimitar wielder and growled. The thing before her wasn't quite human. He was as tall and upright as a human, but his face had the upturned pig nose of an orc. His skin was ashen gray like an orc's, too, and his mangy hair was thin and scraggly. 
A massive scar ran sideways across his face and through his upper lip, as if cut by a sword. Talay had never seen such a creature before. He wore a man's clothing, though, made of tanned leather, and steel vambraces on his forearms that were clearly made for a nobleman. Though scratched up, they displayed the falcon coat of arms of the nation of Hamal to the north. Talay imagined them being stolen from the corpse of a Hamalan knight. On his head he wore a rusty pot helm that was too large and would have fallen off save for a tightly secured leather strap. The other five were orcs, through and through. They were shorter, thinner, almost emaciated. Their only hair was on their arms and legs. Irregular, cracked teeth jutted out from under their pig noses. The only clothes they wore were crude moccasins and loincloths made of animal hides. Three had mauls made of large animal femurs with stones strapped to the top. A fourth had an iron morning star. All of them sported wounds, old and new, crisscrossing their bodies. The scimitar wielder swung his sword back and forth, each swing singing through the air. He snorted, grunted some words in an orcish language, the syllables coming out wet and sputtering. The orcs grunted back in the same language. Leering, he then turned his eyes to Talay and spoke in broken Tarnese. Well, why you here? The scimitar wielder stepped closer, almost within striking distance of Talay's spear. He smelled like a mix of rotted onion and shit. Is this the best Tarno consent to fight? He snorted in derision, followed by hoots from his orc friends. Straightening, he said, I, Guthok, leader of Brown Flag Gang. I don't give a damn who you are, Talay shouted. Don't come a step closer or I'll spear you through the heart. But she wasn't certain. She'd never practiced spearing anything before. Talay, Shally rasped in Talay's ear. Don't anger them more. The orcs laughed openly, a hacking, guttural sound. Guthak swung his scimitar again. Talay is name? No. I tell you your name. Your name is Supper. Guthak nodded to the orcs, and the beast suddenly sprung forward to grab the girls. Shally kicked one of the beasts in a shin, well-placed, making it yelp and back up. But two others grabbed her arms and pulled her away from Talay. The other two tried to grab Talay, but she bolted to the side and swung the spear, slapping the flat of the blade against the head of one. The other orc tried to grab Talay's head, but only succeeded in ripping off her face veil. She spun and sliced the tip of the spear through the orc's chest. The beast fell backward, bleeding purplish blood from the gash and yammering in pain. Guthok stepped in and hit her spear with his scimitar, cracking the haft and knocking it to the ground. The first orc grabbed Talay from behind. Its thin arms were surprisingly strong, and though she kicked and screamed, she couldn't break loose. She threw her head back, hitting the orc in the forehead, and then wrenched herself free from his gasp. Running past the orc she had wounded and up over the side of the ravine, she turned briefly to see that Shally, screaming in wild shrieks, had been thrown to the ground and was pinned by three orcs. Ooh, stopping in the middle of an action scene, that is tough to do. Thank you to Jason Kilgore for submitting another fantastic excerpt. If you want to check out the other excerpts you submitted, find them on this podcast and then go find the full version on Amazon. Thanks guys for listening. Make sure you submit your stories for next week. We are moving into the holiday spirit. So if you've got a story that 
hits the holidays hard, touches on the holidays briefly, just anything that brings those holidays in in some small or large way, please send them to overwritepodcast at gmail.com by 10 p.m. Eastern on Sunday night.